Broadcasting from a radioactive bunker deep inside the bracket compound, this is Show Spoilers Episode 25, Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 3. This is, uh, we'll call it the Battle of Winterfell, because we don't have an official title yet, as they like to do. But uh, before we get into our conversation, just a quick introduction here. I am Kevin Brackett, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Brad Hyen. Hey, Brad. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? Well, it's going. I just watched that episode, (laughs) and we're about to get into it. I have a feeling that you and I may have different takes on it, so we'll have to I, see. I think we do, based <laughs> on a preliminary discussion, but we'll, yeah. uh, we'll get into it and hopefully find, a, find an area to agree on, or, or at least have fun with it. Yeah, well, we will no matter what, that's for sure. But before we get into this episode, which is uh, what they're calling the longest recorded uh, battle scene in the history of film, Let's uh, just kind of get our shameless plugs out of the way. Go ahead and subscribe. If you're streaming this and haven't subscribed yet, we'd appreciate it if you subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You know the drill. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're on there. If you could rate us five stars and give us a review, that'd be great. The more people that rate, the more people are likely to listen to the episode. So we do appreciate that. And the more of you listening means the more people that will discuss and give us their theories and tell us we're wrong like we are most of the time, you know, all that good stuff. So do that. And then uh, you can, of course, follow the show online at all the spoilers on Twitter. And if you want to email us, if you have a really long theory or something that won't fit into a tweet, you can just email us at theshowspoilers at gmail.com. The show spoilers, very important there. Uh, and uh, let's see, you can follow me at Kevin R. Brackett. And Brad, you're on Facebook primarily, I think. Yeah, primarily on Facebook. Um, in the uh, Liga show, the real spoilers Liga show shares, I try to stay engaged with everybody and talk about movies and things like that. So perfect. So join join the League of Show Shares if you're not already following the Mothership podcast, Real Spoilers, uh, spoiler rich discussion of the movie of the week. Go ahead and follow Real Spoilers at all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff is Real Spoilers. And then our discussion group is the League of Show Shares. Request to join that, and we're actually talking about Game of Thrones right there now. So you can discuss movies, film, entertainment, anything to do with pop culture we discuss there so it's a great time we hope you join us but without further ado let's do it what did you think of this episode i uh i was thoroughly immersed into it i thought the uh the first 10 or 15 minutes of it was very uh very bleak like in like prepping for the war there's a lot of uh you can see that everybody's preparing for the war against the uh the white walkers but like at the same time like it's just they're all extremely terrified of, of what's about to happen and i think all the viewers i mean it resonates with the viewers as well because we all knew going into this episode that it was going down i mean there's dead pools everywhere like, who's gonna live who's gonna survive or who's gonna die and um we really had no idea like it could have really been anyone at any given situation in this in this episode and uh i was on the edge of my seat for most of it i thought there was uh, a couple good breaks that uh that we'll get into because i i found one that i i really liked and um but yeah, at the end, I thought it was really satisfying, but also a little bit, uh, um, I, I don't know where to describe it, bewildering, I guess, because I thought uh, the the outcome of this would be a little bit later. I mean, I think we can definitely get into it pretty quickly because there's not a lot to discuss in this episode. I mean, it's a really, it's the longest episode in Game of Thrones history. There's a lot of action going on, but I mean, it's not like we're going to say this guy swung a sword. Then this person, swung. I mean, it's all just, it's <laughs> yeah, just it's all a bunch of one action. Big battle. It's a bunch yeah. of just action muddled mess. So um, real quickly, I'll tell you what, I was so excited going into this episode. They've been hyping it up. The longest fight in history. We're finally going to get, you know, the night King and his army, or, you know, we, we theorized maybe not the entire army or the night King, but we ended up being wrong there. It was the night King right. and everyone else. Uh, but we were going to see a showdown here of epic proportions. All the Starks are back at Winterfell. Everyone's together, banding together as many people as they can. You've got Danny, you've got the dragons, uh, you know, there's just an amazing amount of characters that we've been following for eight seasons and none of them have been together in this amount, you know, at the same time. I mean, it's just here. This is just an unbelievable setting for an epic showdown that's been oh, building yeah. since episode one. I mean, we were introduced to the night King and his army before we were introduced to any of our main characters. Like this, this has been slowly building through the entire series. Right. So with all that being said, this is one of the most disappointing episodes of game of Thrones I've ever watched. Whoa. <laughs> I, was completely frustrated the entire time watching this. And I'll tell you why. why. Yeah, please do. Yeah. So 
the problem is okay number one i think they filmed this by candlelight it's so dark yeah. it's so messy the action and cinematography is it's so poorly lit and so poorly shot it's like you know we complain about the original transformers movie you know as, as like when these big action blockbusters like transformers came out they zoomed in and it was like you could see a robot's elbow like in fighting like you don't know what's happening right. it's like yeah there's a bunch of robots stomping on each other but what's actually happening like you can't see anything and my major complaint in this episode is not only was it so dark but the action was so sloppy they showed army of white walkers just rushing our our people and you would see main characters and then you would see the white walkers rushing them and then just a bunch of close-ups of like of you know them jumping on people like you could never tell who was being attacked you could never tell who was dying who was surviving uh so and then on top of all the messed up action there's no way this many main characters should have lived it's so frustrating because if you set up this overpowered and this crazy of an amount of of enemies like that's fine but then you better kill a lot of people and a lot of people died in this episode, but you had main characters on the front line and you have people like Tormund turning his head to the left and all the White Walkers conveniently just attacked every the army to the left of him and he's watching them. Like, that's just one example, but you had this insane army that is just rushing, running, jumping, just demolishing, tearing through people. And then you have our main characters who are like, Ah, run away. We're fine. I mean, it just, it made no sense. Jamie should be dead. Brienne should be dead. Grey Worm should be dead. Sam should be dead. There are so many people. Sam should have been dead 12 times. Sam should have been dead. And it makes me so mad the way that's so, was it Ed, the other guy from the Night's Watch? Edison, yep, yep. That makes me so mad. First of all, Sam should not have been out there. Sure. Second of all, if you get your ass saved by someone, you do not just sit there and look at them. Like right. Sam is worthless and I know he's grown a lot. And I told you last episode, I said, Oh, if Sam makes it on the iron throw. I'll be happy. Like I love <laughs> the character arc and the growth of Sam, but he went back to worthless Sam in this episode and he got people killed. And then this entire episode, he sat there and just watched people. And it was the most frustrating thing. Like Sam, everyone's dying. You could at least get up and stab a couple of these things in the back and go out like a hero. So the fact that he, like you said, he should have been dead 10 times over. So, um, but all those characters I just mentioned, I mean, Jamie with his one hand on the front lines, you're telling me when you saw the Dothraki, the Dothraki rode out with flaming swords. The entire Dothraki army rode out and was killed within minutes. And you're right. telling me that then that army that demolished them and demolished everyone else that was on the front lines, you're saying somehow Brienne, Jamie, Grey Worm, all those main characters on the front lines, the front lines, they just conveniently didn't die? <sighs> I mean, come on. The, it, this episode is so dumb it is so stupid and i'm not saying that as just like a cheap way to say oh you're dumb i mean the writing is stupid (laughs) it 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 doesn't make any sense again if you're going to set up that crazy of an army of white walkers you have to have these people on the front lines die or you don't put them on the front lines or you make the army maybe a little smaller like the problem is is they set up this this false sense of of these stakes like oh my god they really are screwed because look how many there are Oh no, but don't worry. Anyone you care about that has a name is alive. Like, you know what I mean? It's I mean, we did get what, five or six deaths tonight. I mean, going into the episode, I I was talking with another friend who was adamant that all so many people he he compared it to to Endgame saying that I hope more people die tonight than they did in Endgame. And I was like, "What's the fascination with people that we've grown for for eight seasons or we've known to Who've, who've had all these arcs that we just want to see everybody just die. Like, I, I get your point from the from the standpoint that one-handed Jamie on the front lines and, and, and Sam in these positions that he shouldn't be. But, I mean, th- thousands of people did die tonight. It's just, it's not the main characters that, uh, you know, a lot of more people were expecting. But that's the problem. It's, it's I, I don't want any of these people to die. Like, I wish that they came up with a solution. Like, maybe John and Danny should have went out with their dragons before they got right in front of the castle. Like, if that was going to be the plan once they start to get worried that they just head out there. I mean, there's so many things they could have done. If right. they would have had maybe a better plan where, you know, again, and they didn't know how it was going to go down, but as soon as a, the entire Dothraki army got demolished they rode out there so why did it take that why could they have not scouted ahead and blown them up uh when they were 
a mile away, right? Like, it's just, if they would have came up with some kind of amazing solution, uh, Tyrion talking to Bran, you know, tell me, you know, hey, we've got a long time. Tell me, you know, what's going to happen or tell me some kind of secret. If they would have came up with some kind of smart way to save the main characters, who, again, let me be clear, I do not want them to die. But if they would have come up with a smart way to save them, I'm on board. But when you kill off thousands of no-names, of red shirts, you kill off thousands and thousands and thousands of people died, but not the main characters. And the main characters were right next to them. It just doesn't make sense. And I think that's a cheap way to get you on the edge of your seat, to make you worried, without a payoff. Like, you can't do that. Either come up with a smart way for them to all survive, or don't put them in those positions. See what I'm saying? Like, I don't want them to die, but you can't do this setup they did and then not have them die. Like it just doesn't make sense. And, uh, and, uh, I was just more frustrated than nervous, right? Cause it was just, it was just dark and, and messy and sloppy and, you know, and, 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 uh, I mean, we can get into a couple of the little major things, but like another one was once, uh, John and Danny go off, they ride off and they get caught in this winter snowstorm, whatever they're, you know, frosting up their dragons and everything. And then they, they can't find their way. And eventually the night King comes, we finally see him in this episode and he comes and he starts shooting his blue fire at Danny. And it's like, it's this moment where he basically has her dead to rights. He's behind her shooting blue fire at the dragon and at her and then he just disappears and i'm like what was that like it just there was just some really weird things where it was like setting up for this emotional like oh someone's going down or someone's getting injured and then they would just be like nope they're good I was just- well i took my main question when that happened was i uh, i took that moment as him realizing or maybe not realizing but like we know that Danny is not affected by fire, right? I mean, maybe her clothes could burn off or something, yeah. but like, uh, I, I felt like when the fire was hitting them, my first thought was, well, that's not going to hurt either one of them. You know, it, it seemed like the the dragon. Can't I'm not be sure how the flame to death though. Either. I didn't think so. I, like, I feel like yeah. I just I, I mean I don't know I don't know the lore or, or any, about you know how what affects dragons and whatnot. I know that we've seen them get hurt by you know strong piercings and and whatnot, but. As far as fire goes, I assume, you know, because Dr- Danny considers herself a dragon from, like, the first season. Like, a fire can't hurt a dragon. Yeah. And so I, when when they were, when the Night King was shooting fire at her, I was just like, well, my first thought was, that's that's not going to do anything. Yeah, I guess I kind of took it as, I, you know, I, I we just don't really know how the rules of, like, the blue fire works because. True. Um, yeah. That could be different. You know, and, and I guess I just expected either, so, like, because remember, even when we first saw the ice dragon is, is what we kind of you know coined the name of the blue one sure uh it was like is he blowing fire is he blowing ice you know what is it exactly and i think from this episode clearly the destruction he gives it's fire it's just blue yeah uh but you know it's like are there different rules why is it blue is it blue just because they're all blue but it's the same stuff you know i mean it, it would be nice to have some kind of an understanding but i don't know it just it just seemed weird some of those scenes i mean that's just one of them but my main my main problem again is just with nothing happened unless you got to an aria scene now mm-hmm. i will say every single aria scene was great aria Fantastic. mvp of the was... episode i'm not just talking about the ending i mean anything that involved aria was awesome and and like i we went i think it was 30 minutes before aria does that badass scene with her with her uh you know her staff her dragon glass staff that yep. that uh gendry made her and like until then i was like oh okay that's the first cool like that was the first time i even felt anything like yeah like every other action scene was so muddled and messy that like it really took that and i'm like okay cool aria's awesome we knew that like that's good and then you know anything else that involved her that library scene which i have problems with that because i feel like the uh the white walkers got conveniently slow uh, in that scene, like they're all crazy and running and rushing. And then they turned into slow zombies that were kind of like, just, you know, hanging out. It was a little weird, but whatever, uh, some good action there, good running away, uh, you know, her and, uh, and then was it Barrick and the hound catch up with her and, you know, they're running through hallways and all that stuff. Like all that was good. And then that scene, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, when they meet up with, uh, the red woman and, you know, she said, what do we say? Or what do we tell death? And she says, not today. Like, Oh, what a great moment. And then she's gone Mm -hmm. until the very end. And this is where, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, wait a minute. They built up that powerful moment and we haven't seen her yet. I'm like, where is she? What is she's got to do something. And then, I mean, let's jump to it. You brought it up earlier. I mean, you and like you said, like 
I didn't know this was going to be resolved this quickly with the Night King and his army, but, uh, you know, they have Bran dead to rights. They've taken out Theon as, as the very last scene. And then the Night King is there about to pull his sword to swipe Bran. And here comes Arya out of nowhere. And he catches her in the air and she drops her knife and grabs it with the other hand and shanks him with her, her dragon glass dagger. Or is it Valerian steel or her dagger? Valerian yeah, steel, sorry, yeah. Valerian steel. And he disintegrates in the entire army. And I mean, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, well, that's it. Like, they're all going to disintegrate now. Yep. Like, and, and, and that threat that we saw in episode one that they've been talking about throughout the entire series, it's done. Like, it's now it's just Cersei and the Iron Throne. They, as I say, they ultimately made Cersei the the big bad of the of the show now yeah. and it was not what i expected i thought that the they the battle with the white walkers was going to resolve some way but it was going to continue on to king's landing because we yeah. see from from epi- or season two of you know the visions from the house of undying where the both the uh iron thrones covered in what looks to be snow but now i can only imagine it's dust yeah. like things have burnt down and dust is gathering up on it like um in Danny's vision. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was watching the, after the episode and they said that they had Arya, um, pegged to be the one to do that since for like three years now, which surprised wow. me. Like, I mean, they, they've known that her, uh, what her arc was going to be and her being the one to kill the white, the, the night King. But it, it just, it had me, I mean, I, it was a holy shit moment. Like I, I absolutely loved that it happened, but I, I couldn't believe that it did. I, but I'm the same. Again, way. we have three episodes left, you know, so it's, I'm guessing. What are we gonna do now? <laughs> well, I'm guessing this is how I'm guessing it's gonna play out. So there's six episodes this season. We defeated the Night King and his army in episode three. Episode four is gonna be planning and heading to King's Landing. Episode five is gonna be the battle at King's Landing. And then episode six, I think they, I think they are gonna do some kind of wind down for the. I, you know, yeah. I don't think it's gonna be like whoever gets the throne in this battle in episode six, and then it's just the end. Like I, I feel like we're gonna have a little bit of a of a of a wind down episode. Yeah, it's, it's possible. I, uh, I, I'm just bewildered right now. I'm, I'm still trying to process. I mean, we've, we've been theorizing for, for weeks on, on what we think is going to happen. And a lot of those are, <laughs> are down the drain now. Oh so. yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, this went a completely <laughs> different direction than I thought. I, I was really on board with the half of the N- night King's army is, is it King's landing half is here because I'm thinking the only way that they're going to be able to defeat this quantity of people. And this was even more people than I thought the the, uh, the army of the dead. Like this was, yeah, th- it was, it was bigger and crazier than I ever imagined. And that's part of my frustration, but I'm, I'm like, okay, the only way they're going to beat them is to handicap it. They're going to, you know, it's only half the people and they're going to still barely get out alive. But the fact that the night King showed up and the fact that Arya was the one to take him out. I mean, I love Arya. She is probably my yeah. favorite character and has been for a long time. I mean, I really like Jon Snow too, but Arya is a badass and her whole arc I think is one of the most interesting and in, in how far she's come. And just the fact that I mean, like that's mind blowing. I didn't know that was three three years now, but like yeah, we didn't either. But, we saw that in the behind yeah. the scenes and was like, holy cow, they've they've had this. I mean, but Arya, they've had everything planned. Would you but ever, Arya being would you the one, ever, no. in a million years it, it, again. And I nope. preface it because it's like that's how much I love Arya. But never in a million years would I have thought that Arya would kill the Night King. Like in week one, or maybe last week of this season uh, during the podcast, we at least I was. I don't know how much on board you were with me, but I was was thinking she was gonna. I mean, she still could die. But I did not expect her to have a moment like this no. where she takes out the Night King. Well, you know, she's <laughs> MVP. I mean, she had all the yeah, moments in this. Absolutely, episode. she I mean, is. She's... Before, uh, before Arya, I thought Melisandre coming in and lighting up those swords. That like, they started off this episode with a big holy shit moment I... when Melisandre comes in and lights up the Dothraki swords. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Not only did she light up the swords, she lit up like the screen for yeah. us so we could well, see. I know <laughs> they needed that, or else we really been would have been in trouble. And. I liked the I mean I liked the idea of that and I liked how they visualized how quickly they died. I mean, the reason she lit them all up was so we could see, was see them all go out, like, right? Like Yeah, from that moment from the very beginning through that moment through most of the episode, I mean, I was engaged like when that when I mean, it was kind of telegraphed when you saw them all charging forward at a distance and then the lights just start to go out like I I had in my mind like we're going to see cuz we don't see the enemy at this point. We just see them going off into the darkness, right? Yeah. And then once we see the all I mean there's thousands of Dothraki going in there and then suddenly you know in just a wave all the fire on their swords are going out and you know it's just a a haunting moment where you're like these guys everybody behind them the Unsullied and every all the soldiers of Winterfell are 
in for a bad night. That was that was a really good visual and a really good way to show, you know, how crazy things are because at this point we hadn't seen the army, we hadn't seen their numbers, but like no. you said when you see that many Dothraki go out and then you see that like all of them and, and then you, like we've right seen. but it's like that huge of a number thousands yeah. and then you see a few run back and then another thing i mean just going back to my earlier point it's like sir jora was on the front line with the dothraki maybe two horses one other person and jora make it back out of all of them you know it's just like okay that we see like i i like to give the benefit of the doubt that i mean there are probably several maybe dozens of people still running back and whatnot okay. but like they show us they show us the lead i don't i never remember the leader of the dothraki's name now that cal drogo's dead oh yeah or, or he's been yeah. dead since season one but, forget about it but him <laughs> um we see him we see him later on get risen but but yeah, yeah him and jor they they specifically show us are coming back and they do that throughout the whole episode with like you said when they charge in on the unsullied gray worms right there on the front line and, and then all of a sudden he's it, in the back somehow he made it yeah, yeah, we see him, you know, they, they keep going back to show you, like, okay, so it looked like they got smothered, well, they yeah. did get smothered, but we know they're, I, <laughs> I, I think I'm just more generous with the benefit <sighs> of the doubt when, when, because you know, we know how much of great warriors they are, and that, but, but, and okay, but, I get, I get it, because at first thought, I was like, man, these guys are screwed, right? with the, with the, the dead just toppling Put over them, them out them, there, and then, I mean, you, you saw the way, okay, and specifically, so the Dothraki are all killed that easily, right, these are great warriors, these are people that are born to fight, these, that's what Absolutely. they do, yep. they are taken out, you know, like a snap of the finger from Thanos, like nothing. They're demolished. <laughs> Very much, yeah. They're demolished, right? Okay, so thousands of them demolished. Then you see the army of the dead rushing forward faster and harder than we've ever seen anyone or them, you know, rush before. And they're just toppling over the Unsullied, who right. Grey Worm is at the lead of, right? But it's like, so, so the army of the dead conveniently decided to only attack that group of unsullied. And you've got Tormund just kind of like standing there looking over at them. I mean, I just don't understand that, how they only went towards them. And then if gray worm was at the head of that charge, like you're telling me they toppled everybody with that much force, but somehow gray worm speared his way out of it. It just, it doesn't make sense, Brad. Yeah, I'll give I'll give I'll give you Grey Worm for sure <laughs> with a hundred percent because like we know from last episode where he was talking about what they're going to do after the war. It's one of those tropes. Um, we've we discussed yeah. it online with others as well that where yeah after the war we're going to do this you know and with he was talking to to uh, Masandi and and you know that put him at the very top of the list of people that's going to go tonight. And, you know, you could see the emotion in his eyes, which, you know, he's the one of the, the only Unsullied who has emotion, you know, because they're all just trained to fight. But he, we resonate with him because of the emotions that he has and, you know, his loyalty to Danny and, and Mas- his love for Masandi and that, um, you know, you see the emotion in his eyes and it looks like it's his last stand. But then you see three other scenes, you know, throughout <laughs> the throughout the episode, they make sure to show you, oh, he's still fighting, you know, and uh that was one that 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 did stick out to me as like okay he's got a little too much plot armor. But. Oh, they all did. This is I mean okay so let's just list some of the other ones as we go through. So most of it, like I said, is a mess. It's dark. It's fast moving. Like you, you, they just keep zooming in on on White Walkers crumpling over soldiers. Like it's just the same yep. thing over and over and over again. Boom, boom, messy. You know they're they're losing. They're losing. They're losing. Okay, we get it. Can you can't tell who it is. It's just it's just muddled mess. And then we cut back and forth to some of our characters. So John and Danny end up going after the Night King uh, on their dragons. We've got uh, uh, the people in the crypts who are completely unarmed and which. By the way, <laughs> the Crips. Yeah, i i didn't see this I didn't see this coming, but a lot of people said it. I just didn't think about it. But they're down in the Crips, where with a bunch of dead people that the Night King can rise. So, yeah, I mean, and that absolutely happens. It, and it did. One question I had: I didn't rewind to check it because yeah. I was into the moment, and I'll probably watch the episode again before the finale. I'm sorry. Um, was the first body that we saw? You're sorry. <laughs> How dare you? What's that? Uh, the first. I couldn't tell who seen. that was, but if it was supposed to be, well, I think it was the Maester. Okay, from for that we've seen for the first three or four seasons that um, um, I think Theon did Theon execute him or did that come later? I don't remember. But when I saw the way, like the way that he was, that he looked and the robes and everything, I'm like, I think that might have been a cameo from the old Maester there in Winterfell. Yeah, that's that's. I didn't know if you caught no, it or not. I could. I thought it was a female, so like I don't I don't even know at this point. But oh, if, if you thought that, maybe I'm way no, off. No, <laughs> maybe I. I mean, it just well, I couldn't see. I mean, it's all just so dark. But sure. Um, 
anyway, so they're all defenseless down there, and then eventually the dead start rising. So yeah, not a good place to be. I touche to everyone that called that because I just didn't yeah. even think about it. Uh, but you know, I thought, oh, they're just they're going to be worrying about all the people up top, and they're not even going to even like the Night King won't even know or think about that. So um, that was kind of crazy that that happened. But um, but and then you have you have Arya running around. You have the Hound that's scared because of the fire. There's fire everywhere because that's how they defend yeah. these things. And of course, he's afraid of it. So he's kind of going through this breakdown until Beric says, you know, she's not giving up. He says we're as good as dead. And 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 Beric's like, tell that to her. And you see Arya, you know, fighting for her life and running away from these things. And so you know that he's going to end up going to save her, which we see in a little bit. Yeah, I think he owed it to her. Oh, absolutely. So and yeah. I thought he was going to end up sacrificing himself, but uh, lo and behold, he made it out. Um, yeah, instead of him, it was Barrick. Yeah, yeah. Nineteenth time of his life, or however many. Yeah, yeah. Barrick, Barrick, who is getting stabbed and just torn apart by these White Walkers, yet somehow was able to walk to the door and get through before it closed. Yet all the White Walkers didn't. So yeah, that was interesting. That confused me because I was writing a little bit of notes when when he got pulled into the room. Yeah. And I and because the last I saw, he was holding himself up like like yeah, blocking yeah. him from getting through a gateway. Yeah, you right? tell me how he and got to that room, but no one was how he got to that room. Because the next one I looked up, he's in the room <laughs> yeah. with the Hound, Arya, and Melisandre, and I'm like, oh, wait no. a minute, how did he it's get in there? It's because it's awful, so they could get some kind of last moment with him. And again, I love this show, and I'm very positive about it. And it's not like I want it to be bad, but I mean, guys, this, this did not make sense. Um, so that was frustrating. I'm like, how did he crawl his way? Because if he could crawl his way back, and you have these White Walkers who are insane rushing them all like how would they have not won past him or have been right on his heels but no they're like oh get through okay let me close the door like it just it's silly um but but that's that great moment that we mentioned though where i mean you know all the other stuff aside you've got um the red woman there and and uh aria is like i remember you and they have this little talk and and that's when she says you know what do you say to death and she says not today and we don't see her and i love that yeah it was it, again the moment was great and yeah, you know aria was defined by by that and mm-hmm. her, her water dancing with with Sirio. so and i was always you know throughout the seasons wanting Sirio to make it especially at the house of black and white thought that maybe jacques and hakar would would show himself as as Sirio or something like that. oh but, yeah that would know, have been that, interesting that call back to to him to her saying that to get aria to know what she has to do was like probably probably my favorite well it leads to my favorite moment of the episode and probably a lot of people's but with, at the very end, which we've already described of her stabbing the Night King. So. Yeah, the best moment of the episode. I mean, I won't say it saved it, but I mean, I would have been completely if they would have just ended with the Night King looking at Bran or something. I cannot tell you how much more frustrated I would have been. <laughs> like that was yeah. the moment where it was like, wow. Can we talk about the music leading up to that, too? Like it, it for whatever reason. Um, well, Theon's last charge. Uh, I don't know if we addressed it yet. We, Theon dies in this did, moment, and we all predicted this. I mean, this yeah, is exactly what everyone predicted that Theon. And he had a little bit of redemption with uh, with Bran or whoever he is, saying that you know <laughs> everything that you've done. He you know he's deeply apologetic and knows the wrongs he's done in his life, and he's paid for them. And Bran but tells like, him the same thing he tells Jamie. It's just you. You yeah, are the him, person that you are because of what you've done. Yeah, and, and he tells him, like, essentially what he needs to hear, that you it brought you to where you are today, which is home, you know, like, because he was never really accepted as a Stark child, because he wasn't, you know, he was a, a ward to, to, right. to Ned. He but... was never, like, even as much as as John the bastard, like, it just, he yeah. was, you know, he was, yeah, he was kind of just taken on. What what was the, like, he his dad owed a debt to the Starks or something? Why did he have to stay with them? It's been so long now. Yeah, I don't entirely something like that. He, know, yeah. he was neither here nor there, but yeah. but yeah, he tells him, gives him a little pep talk. But we all knew that when Theon's like, "Yes, I will protect Bran from the Night King." Yeah, the- yeah I don't yeah. think Theon's <laughs> going to be the one to defeat the army of the dead. So, um, but he sacrificed himself, saving a Stark, just as we predicted. But then the music there, like I, I asked Megan as we were watching it, I said, "Does this music feel upbeat to you?" It's like this weird. is a, this is a bleak moment where the Night King is approaching Bran and. It, it seems like all hope is lost. It has a montage of John trying to fight through the castle to get to the godswood. It, ha- it mm-hmm. shows you Jamie and Brienne pinned up against the wall, and I think Sam as well. It shows Grey Worm fighting. It shows everybody literally, with, literally with, at the last seconds of their life. Thousands, but of, the music, thousands was of like, people dead around them, and, and at this yeah. point, thousands of dead risen against them. Uh, exactly, <laughs> but the music itself, it, it starts off like this like just you know drum beat and then it turns into these like i want to say like violins or cellos or something but it's more of like an upbeat like 
music and it kind of goes up and down, up and down. And I'm like, this feels like a like rewarding moment before the reward actually happens because like it was almost like showing that like the Night King was about to rise as the good guy. Did you have that feeling? I mean, I, I'm guessing by your like not responding to it as quickly that the music you didn't notice the music or, or... no i i thought the music cues were all very bad in this episode okay um, <laughs> that's, I, that's maybe what i'm getting at i didn't i didn't hate it but i didn't i guess i didn't understand it no why... i i you know i'm a big fan of ramin jawadi that does the music for game of thrones that does westworld i think he's westworld, a genius yeah. i think he's great at, at composing this music but whether or not it's you know him making the wrong choices like where you know giving the video and then composing to it or if if the showrunners made the i don't know whose ultimate choices it was i mean obviously they have to approve it but um they didn't work for me like and i was already frustrated with the episode so i'm sure that didn't help but when there were quote unquote big moments with the music cues i was like they didn't seem earned to me or deserved like i just i didn't have an emotional attachment where usually his music really sets up a scene for me sure um but there were some moments like with uh uh, Danny saving John, uh, you know, which is toward the end of the episode. But you know, they go off on their dragons, and uh, John John's dragon gets attacked by the ice dragon and 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 dies. So we've already lost one of the. He's dead, right? I mean, it was, seemed pretty clear that he he kind of like went to the ground and then kind of like stumbled off. Yeah, I'm I'm not certain. I I kind of. Uh... I, I don't actually I'm, remember. I'm that, pretty I remember sure Danny's dragon getting swarmed, but then flying. And that was off, but well, I, that was and that was after. But I mean, yeah. I, I so I guess we never really see the ultimate death. But it seems like the ice dragon was pretty much tearing tearing John's up. So I like that you addressed it as John's dragon. Oh though. yeah, I mean Danny's, yeah, you know, because he's I mean, obviously he's the one riding it, well, but uh, it's uh, for all intents and purposes well, John's dragon now. I mean, well, I mean, well, he's the the last uh, surviving Absolutely, yep. of the Targaryens. I mean, they're kind of and I'm his uh, dragons actually, but I'm actually now that I'm thinking about that cuz last episode we ended with of course the the little bit of tension between them, but it didn't seem like that tension really carried over to this episode. I, I think that it was smart to uh at least for Danny's character if if not unless it's bad writing, but that to let that let that slide and address the the real issue at hand before the Iron Throne, you know, because I thought that was going to play into or theorized at least. I didn't necessarily think that what was going to happen, but I thought with her finding out that her lifelong journey now of trying to get to the Iron Throne was now in jeopardy to somebody who has more claim to it, that like you know the possibility of the Mad Queen starting to develop and yeah. and jeopardizing the battle for Winterfell might might occur. So. Um, it might be some, uh, yeah, I don't think we're done yet. I, this is, here's the thing, because I think we even, I, I guess maybe I'll attribute this to Sansa from her talk with Daenerys, but it's like, you know, this, we have this battle just paraphrasing. And then what happens after what happens to the North after? And it's the same with the throne. It's the same with the question of, uh, John and Daenerys. I mean, there's a lot of questions like they've defeated one enemy, but now they have more enemies and some of the enemies are amongst each other because, you know, we know how both, how Danny feels about her and the throne. And, and we've talked about that ad nauseum. So, but okay. So getting back to this. So one of the, so John's dragon is taken out and then John ends up in a really bad position where he he ends up going after the Night King and the Night King is walking towards Winterfell and he turns around and then this is another, you know, oh crap moment because, you know, not only have they been totally outnumbered and defeated, but then the Night King decides to raise all the new dead, you know, all the recently defeated people, and we start seeing all the people that we know are, are being risen. You know, we see Ed, we see uh, who else? Dothraki. The, yeah, the with the Dothraki, Dothraki leader. Like, and then we see uh, Liana, which we didn't address. Little Liana. That was a cool, like a, that was a like cool a moment. That was cool, and, yeah. right? And like, I like that it's like, yeah, she isn't going to survive, but she could take out that huge giant. You know, he's crushing her body, and her last moment was to stab him in the eye, and he he disintegrates. So, yeah. I mean, she did save, you know, I don't know for how long, but she saved a lot of lives, at least for a little bit, because that giant was just coming in and tearing everybody up. Yeah, and they did a lot with her, too. Uh, they're in the inside the episode. I don't know if you ever watched those. Um, but I was kind of listening to that one as I was setting up today. One of the writers, I don't remember which one, said that uh, she was supposed to be a one one scene character oh, yeah, I heard two that. seasons yeah, yeah. ago. And, and, you know, and they did a lot, and they were like, well, you know... She, she was just like so good when they met her that we had to incorporate her into some other scenes and didn't know what we were going to, I don't know if they addressed exactly what they were going to do with her, but, but they wanted to make sure that, you know, somebody as, as great as her went out like 
like a champion, and she absolutely did. So getting back to John, so now the Night King is raising this army, and you know he's such a badass. The Night King doesn't even just like walk towards him and kill him like he probably could, or at least they, you know I thought we were going to get a good sword fight or something, but yeah. he just turns around and walks away as the army of the dead approaches him. But yeah. again. Again, how convenient is this when we've seen the army of the dead rushing, swarming, attacking, killing so quickly, so furiously, and literally whenever there's a main character surrounded by hundreds, if not thousands of them, they just stand there and they stand there long enough for Danny to come swoop in like she's uh, the Cloverfield monster or the Jurassic Park dinosaur at the end of Jurassic Park. You know, she just somehow stealthily comes in at the last moment flames everybody you know and protects john so it's just yeah. it's he should have been dead when you set again don't set it up like this if you don't want me to say that's cheap because it is there's so many moments where they're like oh crap they're dead oh crap they're dead and so i just wish that they were a little smarter with how they set it up but so that it feels like it, it feels like the equivalent of a jump scare in horror movies like an unearned jump scare they're they're pulling these emotions out of you like oh they're dead oh they're dead you know but they're not really earning them because it, it feels cheap it, you you start to realize like i did halfway through the episode oh well apparently it doesn't even matter like they're gonna save most of these people do you, do you think there's some kind of control that they have where like I understand we've seen a lot of whites just, you know, running uncontrollably at things, but we've also seen moments where where the 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 risen dead are are just standing there until maybe the what maybe I'm just theorizing the Night King, you know, tells them to charge in some way. Like with with Hard Home and with in and with the with the lake um last last season or the season before where they go out to get a yeah, last season where they bring a, a white back to King's Landing, you know, when they're all just patiently waiting. Of course, they're waiting for environmental changes so they can walk across the across the river or even tonight, like where they're all just standing still in front of the fires at the trenches, which ultimately they know will kill. I mean, I guess right. they know. Well, I don't know if they think, they, but they couldn't get through until the Night King told them, you know, they had to. But I, I, I do 100 percent believe he has control of them. But in this moment and in this entire battle, I mean, they're set to kill mode like they're not unless the night king is just a total bond villain you know like yeah. <laughs> like oh this is john snow so when i raise these thousands of dead you're gonna stand there and intimidate him so that his girlfriend can come in at the last minute and kill you all like i mean it's stupid it, it just doesn't make sense you can't tell me that the night king wants to kill everyone and sends his army out to just demolish everybody except for when there's a main character main, yeah. like he has no reason to do that so anyway so to get back to this so danny lands and then she she flame the the dragon takes out all these or a bunch of the whites that are around john saves him so that he can then go off back to the castle and then she just sits there like i not thinking that there's a thousand of these things around her that's and then exactly start, what i said to and Megan. they all start swarming the dragon it's like so, why is she on the ground <laughs> so you have a damn dragon you have a dragon so when john leaves why are you sitting there you get your ass back up into the air so no they have plenty of time to stab the dragon jump on the dragon and ultimately she gets Jeopardize knocked off her position yeah where she's yeah, on she, the ground now she and, gets, and she's not a fighter she's just yeah. i mean she's the queen she's just you know she has her armies but other than that she's pretty much defenseless so she's left now her other dragon this is the only one i think remaining because the other one i'm assuming is pretty badly injured or dead so now her you know it's being bombarded flying off and and presumed you know incapacitated at least and so she's sitting there and then of course who sweep swoops in to save the day i mean if if it wasn't such a frustrating reason why she was in that situation, I might have felt a little more like, Sir Jorah, yay! But I was just <laughs> like, this is stupid that you're even there. Yeah. Uh, but Sir Jorah comes in, and, and it's it's him and her against hundreds, if not thousands, of these people surrounding her, which, to my earlier points, it's like... I mean, this is not, this is like a Bruce Lee movie. Like, are the whites just one-on-one attacking Sir Jorah? Like, why do they choose to swarm the entire Unsullied and and Dothraki armies and topple them over? But in these situations, they do the, you know, rooftop battle one at a time. <laughs> you know, and, and Danny, I mean, as much as I've appreciated her in the past and as much as I still think she's, you know, kind of a badass character, it's like she doesn't know how to fight and somehow somehow against these the swarm of of whites she's like killing some of them i just i don't know it, it just it just didn't feel genuine to me you. no yeah. it didn't work and and uh you know sir jorah ends up you know dying because he's holding off all these whites and um 
yeah, uh, I really like him as a character and I like their relationship, but I didn't feel it. It just, I, I don't know. I think because of the whole situation, it just, it was just really a bummer because I'm like, man, that sucks to lose Sir Jorah. But uh, yeah, the music cues didn't work. And then I don't know. I just, it didn't Yeah, do it I think me. he went out the way that anybody would have expected him to being, you know, he's been by her side through, through the entire series, right? Like he shows up to her and, and yeah, season one, like he's there. Oh yeah. They're loyal to her the whole time. Even when it's, uh, um, revealed that he was spying for, for Robert, you know, that, yeah, like they've been through thick and thin, but he's always been a hundred percent loyal to her. He's oh, actually he... kind of had a, a bad go at, you know, try, trying to, you know, be the one for, her, you know, oh, like, he loves her. Absolutely. Yeah. He loves her and would do anything for, her. I don't, I don't think if, if Sir Jorah was going to die, there isn't a better way, as you've said, I don't think there's a better way to do it. I think maybe I'm frustrated that he's dead because of her, like in her stupid decisions. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, he shouldn't have had fair. to do that. And so, I mean, luckily he was there and now, you know, Danny survived, but um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, let's, let's go through the list of people who we did lose in this episode. Sure. Sir Jorah, of course, uh, we've already mentioned Theon. All of the Dothraki. Well, of course, but I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> main, main character. <laughs> I don't remember main... his name yet. Um, well, who else we got here? We got so, Lyanna Stark. Or not, uh, Lee, not Lyanna Stark. Lyanna Ed, Mormont. Ed. Uh, Edison, uh, forget his last name again. We, we went oh, over this no. last week. <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch after John left. Uh, Melisandre at the very end, which I was kind of surprised that was the final scene. That was like, that was she, interesting. She so, showed up at the beginning and, and tells Davos, I'm glad they had that interaction because Davos swore to execute her if he ever saw her again. And, and I she, was really hoping that he would have carried that out. I It was a little frustrating if she was going to die. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, you can do whatever. You can take your necklace off. You can be old. But like, let Sir Davos have a moment because, you know, he was running around in this episode, but I don't think he had very many Much moments to do. like no i would have liked all. to see a cool sir davos moment but uh but what happens is you know she takes off her necklace and she turns old and she collapses and Just collapses as uh, she tells she tells davos at the beginning that you know don't worry about it you don't have to kill me i'm gonna be dead by dawn and at the very end of the episode we, me and megan kind of looked at each other and we were like well it's almost dawn and then we see them just kind of open the open the path so she can walk off and we see the necklace drop and it was it was interesting i didn't expect the episode to end there i thought there'd be a little bit more of you know i don't want to say resolution but like some kind of uh rekindling of of the group and and thinking about next week but i think uh I, I guess I don't know how I expected it to end, but it, it kind of surprised me a little bit when it just went straight to credits after that. Yeah, I know it. It was it was kind of an interesting way. Uh, again, not the way I would have liked to have ended it. Uh, and you know, we talked about where is Melisandre? She's she's been off doing whatever, and we don't know. And she shows up, and and she has that cool Dothraki moment. Uh, whenever they've all retreated back into the castle, and the Unsullied are you know protecting everyone, and finally you know everyone gets in that can. She uh, she lights up the trench that's going around the entire castle that was an intense she, moment too. just they barely couldn't get that, they couldn't get that lit up with the arrows because of the the wintry storm that the night king brought and yeah i was like oh man this is intense and it's almost like she was she was struggling to to find the 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 power to do that yeah, but, but uh, she finally did it the last, you know, moment, and they they got lit up. But as we come to see, the Night King snapped his fingers, and and uh, the the whites started making human or or undead bridges for for the rest of them, and they climbed yeah. over. So you know, it, they. they they never stood a chance, and and it really was apparent from the beginning of the episode, and. I guess another complaint, or maybe why it feels as a whole so frustrating, is not a lot happened. Like it seemed it seemed impossible from the beginning and the action was so muddled that I think around until we got that cool area aria uh, fight scene about 30 minutes in, I was thinking to myself, I get it. I get it. Like show something, like do something. I get it. It's a lost cause. Like this is the right. longest episode, but I felt like it didn't need to be because you know, when you have too much action and, and this is something, I don't know if it was uh Weiss or which one of them said this, but when I was listening to the, after the, the show thoughts, I, I, he's like, he's like, yeah, sometimes too much action can be boring. I'm like, are you serious? Did you just say that? That's the problem. Action 
even if action's cool, too much of it can be boring. It's it's the writing, it's the characters that we love in this show. And if it's all action, like the last two episodes were not a lot of action, but I loved them. Sure. And then you get this episode that's almost all action, and it just felt like a, a slog. Like we get it. It's it's uh you know they're going to be defeated. Most of the people are going to die. Uh, it's a futile effort and and I feel like they kept showing us that from different angles and it's like yeah I don't need to see this for an hour plus because you know we kind of get it so it didn't feel as epic like I've li- I've enjoyed a lot of the other battles way more you know Blackwater Battle of the Bastards I think those are all much better battle scenes I think they're... yeah and that's what Megan said too she's like you know I know that this was a, a pivotal moment in the series and, and a lot of closure for the White Walker saga for lack of a better uh, explanation but the battle of the bastards she thought and i i probably agree is much better done especially if if only for the lighting where you can see what was happening and and the the moments that was in that were in there yeah yeah absolutely so uh definitely on the lower lower end of of all the battles which again if you hype it up and and i and again this is why i don't like to set up expectations but you couldn't help it with this battle it was just they were talking it up so highly and I, I don't think that it paid off. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate because this is the final season. This is, I think, going to be the last huge battle. I, I do believe there will be that other battle at King's Landing. But um, this, you know, I was expecting an epic, like like a feature film length, just epic. And a lot of it was just a confusing mess. And so I, I might give it a rewatch, you know, just now that I know what's going to happen to see it. But I, I'm not sure that my mind will change. Yeah, I'm looking at the just to jump on the uh, back to the beginning really quick. I'm looking at HBO now. The uh, the episode is called The Long Night, so that was that was correct. But what's interesting to me is looking at the uh, the description of the episode. Yeah. It's one line, and it says Arya looks to prove her worth as a fighter. Hmm. Like if you were to watch or read that before watching the episode, would you think this episode was about Arya? Like, I mean, obviously she has the biggest moment of the series, you know, so far, you know, in regards yeah. to the the Great War. But, like, I feel like that's kind of, you know, leading into spoiler territory, that's, isn't it? I don't know. That's weird. That's just very weird. Like, I, I didn't read that. And if I would have known that, I guess I would have been looking more closely to Arya. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That's that's a weird way to describe it, for sure. Um, I never read any of those things because just out of the fear that I might get some kind of weird clue, sure. you know, right? You get some thought in your head and start piecing stuff together. Like, okay, I got to pay attention to this character and evident with this description here where... Arya is probably going to have a big moment in this episode and but yeah that uh you know I would have it's possible to maybe have predicted that ending if you knew what the episode description was yeah exactly so yeah I'm not sure where they were going with that one but like I said I think the Arya moments were great I think uh her like her action scene with that 30 minutes in on the on the bridge or whatever you want to call that at the top of the castle that was the most um discernible it it, you could actually see it she was you know the action was not uh fast moving or too choppy you could see her kicking ass with her new weapon that was made for her like that was a really cool scene uh it was intense when she was creeping through the library as much as as i don't or as i don't agree with some of their movements and how they were acting at that point like it is what it is and I love that scene. And it was, I wrote down in the notes that it felt like one of those stealth uh, challenges on a Batman yeah, game. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Where how she was creeping in and out of areas yep. trying to get around them and distracting yeah. them. And I, it was a nice break from from I, what I wrote in the notes. Nice break from the action, but it, <laughs> but you were already not a fan of the action. Yeah. So. But I, I thought that scene stood out as, as like, let's take a break from everything that's going on outside and, and do something really cool with Arya inside. And I, that was one of my favorite scenes of the episode, actually. Yeah, no, that was that was cool. Again, the way it was filmed from those angles, her under the table, uh, the stealth stuff, you you nailed it. So again, like the library scene was really cool. The hallway scene with Beric and the Hound and them running. I mean, the way, the way she was running and, and the camera angles and everything, the way that she narrowly escapes that. Um, and then, of course, the ending. Like, again, Arya, Arya, Arya. Every one of her scenes was good. The other ones, like, and, and, and the way that she could get away, like, she, you know, she's such a good fighter and she's small and she's quick. I, her, all of her escapes from death seemed realistic and understandable. But the other right. ones, I mean, how many times did they cut to Jamie and Brienne getting their asses handed to them? And how, how would they have kept surviving? It just doesn't make sense to me. I, I agree in that regard. Um, I, I feel like I'm just more uh, accepting of yeah. it. And, 
You know, that's what it comes down to. You either have to say, okay, they're main characters and we don't want them to die. So I'm glad they're not, which, you know, again, I don't want them to either, but I wish they weren't in that position because that it just makes me feel like the stakes aren't real in this. And now of course we've seen people killed off, but to be fair, I mean, you've got, uh, Melisandre, you've got, uh, Sir Jorah, you've got Theon, you've got Ed, you've got Beric, and you have the Lady Mormont. Liana. I yeah. mean, those are all second-tier characters. Every single one of them. I mean, I love Ser Jorah, but he's not a Danny, a John, a Sam. I mean, they're second-tier characters. What did you expect? Like a, Anyone I mean, to die? I guess, I guess you really wanted like Sansa or somebody, Some, right? <laughs> someone. I, the, you yeah. can't have them all at Winterfell. You can, apparently. But you can't have that many main characters out in the open with this crazy battle going on and not kill one of them. I mean again there's characters that we like and care about but but uh to, to make no top tier deaths not one sure i just can't believe that one of them didn't bite the dust down in the crypts with the dead like oh my god we thought they were safe and then sansa or even Tyrion or someone gets shanked because don't you think then at the end of this episode we'd be like holy crap can you believe they died like we would be in disbelief right, right now yeah. we'd be talking about how crazy that is and how ballsy it was for them in the middle of the season i thought that so-and-so was going to take the throne but they're dead we'd be talking like oh my god like oh and it's so sad and whatever i don't know i don't feel that way about any of these deaths i like i liked yeah, most of them um, but i'm not like oh my god can you believe liana died i'm it, it doesn't it sure. doesn't matter. Like it's she's such a side character. I mean, I guess we could be that way about the Night King, right? Like the Night King. I can't believe the Night King's dead. <laughs> totally. And, and but yeah, that's that's the only one that again, thanks to Arya, uh, that was one that we didn't see coming. But they're really, I think, trying to wrap it up and and move on to the who's going to take the Iron Throne. Like I, I agree with their decision to do it early in the season because you know I don't know that I wanted I don't know that I wanted this battle, the battle of of the dead to be how the series wraps up like we're so invested in these characters we're so invested on each one of their journeys to the throne that like this is, seems like such a side thing and i know i even said it like they've set this up from episode one but then they went away like the the night king and their army has gone away at times for very long if not entire parts of the season pretty much and we're focusing on these characters and their conquest and their and their journey to the throne so I care more about these characters and and who is ultimately going to take that throne if there even is one at the end of all this than I do about the Night King. So I'm really happy with their decision to get that out of the way. We don't have to worry about it now. We're not worried about, oh my God, how are we going to fight this with our army and who's going to team up with us? Now it's like, you know, Danny and John, who's going to be the Targaryen that takes over? And, you know, Sansa and Danny, and, and who's is Winterfell going to be, or is the North going to be free, or is it going to be under the rule of a king? And then Cersei, what the hell is she going to do? You know, with all her, you know, crazy crap, we've got uh, the mountain, you've got, uh, is it Kyburn is her crazy Kyburn, weapon yeah. maker guy? Uh, <laughs> he's got whatever up his sleeve. Uh, you have Ser Bronn. You know, he's hanging out. Well, whose yeah, side? He's been he's, gone since the premiere. Yeah, he's been hired to to take out Jamie, right? Jamie and Tyrion, maybe? Jamie and Tyrion. So, yeah. you know, I ultimately think there's no way that he will take them out. I think he'll I think he'll turn yeah. on Cersei. But so now we've got all these questions at, at hand. And I do love the idea that it's not only them versus Cersei. Now, now that the army is gone, just like Sansa alluded to in episode two, now it's like the infighting is going to begin. Now we're going to see how things come down with, uh, you know, with the knowledge that that was dropped right before this episode. And and I'm I'm really excited to see how that's addressed. So I'm actually happy to be moving past the battle, past the big sure. action yeah. with the armies. And uh, I think where this show really excels is all the the character building and uh, the strong writing and and how these characters are going to resolve things amongst themselves. Yeah, down in the crypts, um, I'm glad we brought up Sansa because there there was some um, some good dialogue there between her and Tyrion. How I, I kind of chuckled a little bit despite all the tension outside. They they managed to get a little. Uh, humorous dialogue in there though because you forget how many times Sansa's been married in this season I, I think it's three with Joffrey uh Joffrey Tyrion and Ramsay and she ends up telling him you were the you were the best of the three and he's like what a terrible thought but by the end of the episode he uh you know he was willing I don't know what he was planning on doing but he he had that moment with Sansa where he was ready to go out there and fight you know for everybody down there and 
um, that was one of the moments where I was like, oh, you know, Tyrion is putting his life in danger now to, to, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it was, it was just one of those moments where it was hard to understand what was exactly happening until, you yeah. know, and, until we saw the resolution because it, 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 at one point, uh, Sansa pulled out a dagger. Like I thought she was going to kill herself before they could kill her and turn her into a white or something. I, you know, I mean, just going through my head, I'm like, what is she doing? Like, cause she can't fight. And then I'm like, is she going to give the dagger to Tyrion? <clears throat> is Tyrion going to go out and, and take it and start fighting and, and die protecting her? You know, I'll, I don't think she'd ever she'd ever go as weak as to kill herself. It's Arya gave that dagger to her to to protect the people down there because she knew that like what was about to happen up here was not good. And we need you out of the two of us. We need you to, you know, be safe for the for the Stark family. Oh, sure. Yeah. But I mean, at that moment, it seemed almost futile. It it was really seeming crazy. I'm like, it just it was just weird. Like, I'm like, what are they going to do? I have no idea. But. I mean, luckily, before anyone could really get taken out too badly, uh, you know, the, yeah. the the whole Night King falling and, and everyone got disintegrated. And uh, just in the nick of time, I mean, John was sitting behind a rock with the ice dragon blowing fire and just demolishing the, the, the entire, you know, Winterfell walls. And, uh, you know, the, it was demolishing the place. Yeah, John really has the heart of a fighter. Like, you know, and he, you know, just like the Battle of the Bastards, when he charged in for, he did, like, Sansa warned him not to do what Ramsay wants you to do. And he charged in to try to save Rickon. And, and this one, he's he's charging in after the Night King. And even when the, you know, he turns around, you know that he's going to raise those arms and raise everybody. John's like, I got to beat him. I got to beat him there and get yeah. to him, you know. But uh, the reason why I brought up Sansa before I, I, I kind of went off on a riff about, about Tyrion was that um, there's a little bit of dialogue where she talks about the Dragon Queen. You can tell there's still a little bit of tension between her and maybe more. I shouldn't say a little bit, but there's tension between her and Danny. And after the re, um, the resolution of the Great War tonight, um, it's like you said, it's going to pick back up and, and turn into another political battle about what's going to happen with the North and, you know, you probably um, shouldn't happen. Probably shouldn't say bad things about Danny in front of Masandi. Masandi as well, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting in these final three episodes. On as to now that the 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 fight in the north is done, what's gonna what's gonna happen down in King's Landing? Yeah, and the and all of Wester, what how it's going to affect all of Westeros. So yeah, I don't think there's much more again because I mean it's the longest episode, but a lot of it is just those action shots. So really, uh, other than the ones that died, and the hugest the hugest thing is that the Night King and his army are taken out. I don't think there's much more to touch on. No, I uh, was more um, entertained by it than I guess you were, but you know, it, everybody's going to have something about it, and like hopefully we can move on and find you know. A better a better resolution for the overall story. Absolutely, like I said, the the main story I think and how I've been following it is who gets to the throne. It's called the Game of Thrones. It's right. not called you know humans versus zombies. It's I mean this <laughs> this isn't the Walking Dead. No, this was a sidetrack, <laughs> and it's a threat that's been you know looming for for seven and a half seasons now, and. Uh, it, we knew that we had to address it and we knew that, you know, winter is coming. We knew the army was coming and uh, I'm happy it's resolved. I'm happy to move forward. And now we're onto the stuff that I'm most interested in. Uh, I wish it could have been better. I wish it could have looked better and I wish the stakes were a little bit higher, but uh, at the end of the day, it's what we got. And I, I think I'm probably in the minority. I think a lot of people had fun with it and that's great. It's, it's, sure. uh, you know, to each their own and I'm never gonna, you know, I'm never going to say you're wrong for, for liking it and I don't or whatever, but, uh, you know, I just, I, I really feel strongly about it right now and I, uh, maybe I'll be able to give it another watch and knowing everything that goes down, maybe find some other positive things about it that will at least make me feel a little better. But, um, for now, yeah, that's what we've got. So I think it's a good transition into the plug so we can get a discussion going with the fans and the people who listen all right well speaking of listener interaction let's head over to the onion knights mail sack and get some (laughs) uh listener interactions it's a new segment title i just (laughs) pulled out of my head i don't know why it's called i'm glad you didn't tell me about it before because that was a natural reaction (laughs) (laughs) so uh let's let's see what the uh three-eyed raven has uh brought us today so we actually have an email so uh thank you very much for that uh you know we do say it every week because we would love to hear your thoughts and and uh some of the longer uh theories than just the quick tweet reactions so this email is from mel and she says guys i don't think brand can predict or see the future he can see the past and can warg and therefore see the present 
right. he could see Jamie coming because he probably saw him getting on his horse and riding to Winterfell, maybe even getting closer, and that's why he waited for him outside the castle. But that's it. Yeah. I, it would be too easy for him to see the future. What would be the point? Anyway, I hope Brad gets to check this <laughs> as last week, as I stated, that it's Brad's job. Uh, amazing job. Can't wait for the next episode, Mel. So thank you very much, Mel. Yeah. I, I think that we're both kind of in agreement there. We were we were questioning it, but we also were like, well, if he can see it, then can't he just Yeah, I think that was me outcome? last week that uh, that was kind of speculating. Like We were questioning whether or not he can see the future, but I, I, I kind of threw out there the fact that, the, that Jamie was coming that way because we knew that at the end when he said, I'm waiting for an old friend and Jamie shows up, that it was possible with the warging that he, he may have just seen him on the, on the trail on the way there. So, but, uh, yeah, I agree completely. The fact that if he, if he could see the future, then all of this would just be like, I don't know why he wouldn't intervene or unless, right. Know. Or he's a huge jerk. Right. That just isn't, Cause that's, that's part of the question of this episode. Bran's just sitting there. I mean, we didn't even really touch upon it earlier, but like, he wargs into a raven and flies around, and then we see the Night King on a dragon, and then he literally doesn't do anything, anything until the all. end, yeah. where he just exits his warg. Like, what was he doing that entire That's a time? Good like, it would it would have been nice to know if he was helping with something. I I thought maybe there was going to be a setup to where Bran was like faking out the Night King, and then all of a sudden he was going to try to warg into him or something. You know, I right. kept thinking there would be this epic thing but literally Bran was just being useless the entire time so it's just kind of a weird thing but yeah uh, I, I think that's a good point so thanks Mel for that and then let's go over to a couple immediate Twitter reactions to the episode so I had tweeted right after the episode about my disappointment uh, I said it had a cool ending but it was one of the most disappointing episodes that I can remember in Game of Thrones recent history a couple of the uh, reactions here uh, we have Arcope on uh, Twitter he said damn right sad to say this is one of the least enjoyable bad Battles on the show, oh, Blackwater and Battle of the Bastards were far superior and emotion- emotionally impactful. Then I go over uh, to Box Watcher, and he says, "Hot take." So I think that's one for Brad. Uh, <laughs> that's one and one there. Sajewa, Werewolf NP, Cinema Village, six twenty one to twenty seven. Whoa! I think maybe they're promoting a film. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> he says uh, the one where they said, "Let's shoot it using light that's just available in the scenes." Bad idea. Tough to see what's going on. I followed up with that it was a dark and muddled mess of conveniences. Then we got a couple of reactions here. Uh, Sajewa chimes back in and said, yeah, not too smart of battle tactics. They should have used tons and tons of fire. The two dragons, a witch, two guys that came back from the dead, one with a flaming sword, and a ton of humans. They needed the defeat followed by the victory. Tiago chimes in here and he says he thought the darkness was a problem of the TV that he was watching on, yeah. uh, which, uh, no, it was the episode. So rest assured, it was definitely not your television. <laughs> Do not adjust your television <laughs> sets. Uh, but I think he enjoyed it. He agrees that there were a few uh, too many conveniences with the deaths and the people who survived. But overall, he enjoyed the episode. Good. So another one for Brad. We're two and two now. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Mr. Fabulous chimes in and says the library scene, the crypt scene, and anything involving Arya were wins. Yeah. Almost everything else was shockingly bad. I can't believe how poorly shot it was. So I I tend to agree there. And uh, Mike, Mike, and Oscar chimed back in and said the cinematography was a mess, absolute mess at times. The FX had misfortune of being on the small screen on a TV budget in the same day or two after we just saw the greatest FX in humankind, of course referring to Avengers Endgame, on a large screen on a Marvel budget. Just bad luck there. Uh, Mr. Fabulous chimes back in and says, to their credit, the show can do jaw-dropping CG. Um, example, the episode where they capture a white, but the entire bit with dragons is great. So what the hell happened here? Um, but uh, let's see. Going down to Viani Gonzalez says, I loved it, but I love a lot of things. So shrug. <laughs> so okay, right to we'll, the give point. we'll give you that one, Brad, truly. Uh, and then they follow up and say, my only complaint is it being too dark. Again, I think we all agree on that. But uh, I love the small moments between the characters, and there are probably lots of stuff I'm forgiving because of said moments. Sure. Sam Levon chimes in and says, I honestly thought this was way more enjoyable than Endgame. So that is is a uh, fire-breathing dragon take right there. But uh, hey, at just Mel... Oski, we'll say it that way, says agree. So I guess agreeing with my point about the uh, you know the episode being disappointing. Sure. And then uh, we have the unknown critic chiming in here saying, "Odd, I felt this way about the Avengers." So, hey, it just shows you. Oof, a lot of lots of comparisons to the Avengers. Yeah, interesting, and, and interesting enough that there's some of them uh, are making the same complaints, but in reverse. Whereas you know I 
totally off topic, but I totally loved Endgame. I've seen it three times now as of the weekend release. I think the film was incredible, looked great, perfect conclusion to the saga here right. uh, that they've set up and uh, you know, and was disappointed by this one. And then here we have the exact opposite reaction. So you never know what you're going to get. And uh, you know, everyone has uh, their different thoughts and opinions and we'd love to hear them. So we appreciate it. Whether you liked it or didn't, doesn't matter. We'd love to hear your thoughts and, and your theories and everything else. So thank you to everyone who chimed in and gave us yeah, your absolutely. reactions and, and, and theories. Let's close up the onion Knights uh, mail sack. <laughs> Brad, can you sing the theme for the closing of the Onion Knights mail sack? You know, if you give me some time, maybe I'll come up with one for next week. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right, I'm cool. praying yeah. that you don't remember. Thank you for listening again, and thank you for uh, chiming in on Twitter and, and for sharing the show and everything. We do greatly appreciate that. So again, if you can follow us on Twitter, at all the spoilers, you can send your theories, questions, comments, corrections, anything you want uh, via email. We are theshowspoilers at gmail.com. That is theshowspoilers at gmail.com gmail.com of course uh subscribe rate review five stars all that good stuff we do appreciate that let's get some more listeners get some more people to join the conversation and uh, you can follow me personally on twitter at kevin r bracket and brad where can they find you right now i'm um, primarily only on facebook if you want to join the real spoilers r-e-e-l um it's kevin's other podcast that regards around movies um they have a, a facebook group called the league of show sharers where we talk about movies and things um, anything pop culture related, mostly with comic books and the big end game, uh, release this weekend was a big discussion so far. And I'm usually engaged. Oh, did that come yeah. out? <laughs> did you hear about that? That billion dollar movie. But, uh, yeah, I'm usually engaged in a lot of discussions there and enjoy, uh, you know, it's a great community to, to come in and talk about things with. So that's where I'm at currently. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I can't wait to hear from you guys. Let us know. Uh, did you enjoy the episode? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Were you just okay with it? Did it meet your expectations? Anything that you have for us, chime in. We'd love to hear from you. Until then, take care. All right. Can't wait.